0: Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Run the Category. My name is Sophia and I'm the host of the show. If this is your first episode, welcome. It's so nice to meet you. And if you've listened to the show before, thank you for listening again. The way the show works is each week I pick a category from Jeopardy, go through the clues from the category, and deep dive into the answers to learn some new trivia. At the end of the show, I'll give a final Jeopardy clue that I wrote myself for you to answer at home the answer to that clue will be revealed at the beginning of the next episode. Once again, thanks for listening, and without further ado, let's start the show. So, the answer to last week's Final Jeopardy is... Igor Stravinsky. Igor Stravinsky is a Russian composer, and he's considered to be the leader of the modernism movement of music. His composition for the Rite of Spring Ballet is really the first example of modernism in music. This work was crazy filled with dissonances, brutal percussion rhythms, and was so challenging to what else was being performed at the time that the ballet's performance, its premiere, the audience was arguing so loudly about the merits of the work that the dancers couldn't actually hear the orchestra. I can't even imagine how exceptional music has to be to get an audience to interrupt a live performance. I mean, I'm really ashamed when I have to cough in the middle of like a movie theater, let alone talk during a live concert. Stravinsky also wrote works like The Firebird, Petrushka, and The Rake's Progress. Now, onto the category for this week, which is It's the Olympics. I always remember watching the Olympics with my family, and I'm particularly fond of the Winter Games because I'm a big hockey and ice skating fan. The Olympics have always symbolized such a great connectivity and unity in the world to me. The Olympic Games originated in Ancient Greek, misstates by Heracles in honor of Zeus, and they were so influential during their time that time was measured in four-year increments called Olympiads. It included games like chariot racing, running, boxing, wrestling, and pankration, which is like a brutal combination of boxing and wrestling, where the only rules were no biting or gouging. It was an absolutely brutal and violent sport, and also remember that a lot of these events took place in the nude. The games were brought about in modern times, albeit with less nudity and a few other changes. The first modern Olympic Games were held in Athens in 1896. Since then, the Games have been held every four years, alternating between the Summer and Winter Olympics every two years within that four-year period. World Wars led to the cancellation of the 1916, 1940, and 1944 Games, and because of COVID, the 2020 Games in Tokyo were postponed to 2021. Now, under the clues from the category. These clues are from the Double Jeopardy! round of the April 2nd, 2019 game. The $400 clue is... The first official Olympic mascot was Waldie, one of these low-to-the-ground dogs at the 1972 Games in Munich. What is a dashend? This was a really popular animal in Bavaria at the time, and the mascot was based on a real-life dog called Cherie von Birkenhorf. At the Games, even the marathon path was in the shape of Waldi, which would make for a very interesting run. While Waldi was technically the first mascot, in 1968 in Grenoble, there was an unofficial character called Schuss after the ski position. He was a little blue man with a red head on skis designed by Aline Lafargue in one night. Since Waldi, there have been many other mascots, like Vuko the wolf, Hadori the tiger, Misha the bear. My personal favorite is Majik the star-and-cube-shaped imp from the 1992 Albertville Olympics, which were the last Winter Games to be staged in the same year as the Summer Games. The $800 clue is... Herb Brooks coached the U.S. to the Miracle on Ice hockey victory at this site in the Adirondacks. What is Lake Placid? So the Miracle on Ice is a medal-round hockey game in the 1980 Winter Olympics at Lake Placid. It was the U.S. versus Soviet Union game. At the time, the Soviet Union was the four-time gold medalists, and they were the favorites to win. Their team was made up of veteran players led by legendary ice hockey players, some considered to be the best players in the world at the time. The United States team, however, had an extremely underdog team of young college hockey players, with only four players having absolute minimal professional experience. Nobody thought the U.S. was going to win, let alone beat the Soviet Union going into the tournament. In the scrimmages leading up to the games, only two weeks before, the Soviets had beaten the U.S. 10-3. So the games start and the U.S. comes out of the gate beating Czechoslovakia, the second place favorite, 7-3, and Sweden. But the Soviets aren't slouches either. Both the Soviet and the U.S. teams were unbeatable going into the medal round. So for the first round game of the medal round, they come up for the first time in the tournament against the Soviet Union. The favorites. The previous gold medal champions. The team everyone thinks is going to win. The first period of the game starts, and the Soviets score the first goal. Then the U.S. matches that goal. Then the Soviets put up another. They're dominating the period. And then all of a sudden, in the final seconds of the first period, the U.S. ties. So the teams are tied 2-2 going into the locker room, and the U.S. is putting up a fight. The second period ends, and the Soviets are leading 3-2, dominating the second period, but the U.S. is still keeping them at bay. And then, in the final period, the U.S. team scores two goals, with the winning goal shot by team captain Mike Rosny. The U.S. team comes from behind three times, and they were outshot by the Russians 39-16, to but they still ended up with a win. In the final seconds of the game, the sports announcer Al Michaels... For ABC, iconically said, I believe in yes! Two days later, the US goes on to beat Finland and take the gold. This victory against the US is one of America's most iconic sports moments. This event was more than just a sports underdog story, though. This was an ideological victory for America in the time of the Cold War. There, there was low American morale, high unemployment, insane inflation in America, and at the time, American hostages were being held in Iran. This incredible victory meant something to the country. It meant that America was still winning. If our hockey players can win, so can we. It was something for the country to hold on to. This incredible and influential story was later memorialized in the movie Miracle, starring Kurt Russell. Sports have this incredible power to bring people together, whether it be local or national. The Olympics can have such important effects on a nation to bring people together. It's so powerful, and that's why I really love the games. The $1,200 clue is... Olympic sports that have been discontinued include croquet, pigeon shooting, and this team sport using a rope. Tug of War. The idea that tug of war was an Olympic sport is really crazy to me. I can only imagine tug of war being like the focus of an elementary school field day, but to be fair, those really did feel like a violent battle of wills. Throughout history, there have been some really funky Olympic events, like swimming obstacle courses with poles and boards, a long jump but for horses, diving but measured by depth with the only Olympic champion for that event being William Dickey, because the event only happened once, he reached an insane 62 feet and six inches under the water. And my personal favorite sport that's been canceled is the tandem bicycle sprint. Who came up with that? What was the thought process? When I think of tandem bikes, I think of like a leisurely bike ride with a codependent person. Imagining two completely serious athletes pedaling like their life depends on it on a tandem bicycle surrounded by other tandem bicycle athletes is insane. The $1,600 clue is... If you're about to do the Winter Olympic event called Short Track, you'll be wanting these on your feet. Personally, I love the Winter Olympics, mostly because they add an extra element of danger to the Summer Olympic sports. I mean, you like a sport? Cool. Throw knives on their feet, make it faster, closer contact, but feet knives speed skating is just that. It's a really dangerous event. Athletes can go up to as fast as 35 miles per hour, and there's a really high chance for falling over or collisions with other skaters who are all wearing super sharp knife blades on their feet. Speed skating originates from the Netherlands in the 13th century and it showed up for the first time at the Winter Olympics at the 1924 Chamonix Games in France. It was then added as a women's event in the 1960 Games in Squaw Valley. The speed skates use thinner and straighter blades than hockey or figure skates, and athletes wear skin-tight suits and really hooded hats to be more aerodynamic. There are two forms of speed skating. One for longer races where racers go two by two, and short form racing where they go in like a big mass start. My favorite Olympic story happened in speed skating. So, it's the 2002 Winter Olympics, and Stephen Bradbury is an Australian Olympic short track speed skater, so he's not exactly from the Nathan Shin with the best Winter Olympic track record. The race starts, and this man is dead last. Each lap goes by and he's not changing places. He's really far behind the other skaters. Like there's some serious distance between him and the other four skaters. Then in the absolute last lap of the race, one of the leading athletes collides with another athlete, taking out all four of the competitors at the head of the game. And because Bradbury was so far behind, he gets to avoid the collision and skate on by to win the gold medal. He's the first athlete from Australia and from the entire Southern Hemisphere to win her Winter Olympic gold medal. Well, you may ask, how did such a slow skater even make the final round? Well, <laughs> in the previous qualifying round, the same exact thing happened. This man was destined to win the event. In Australia, doing a Bradbury is a great saying of how to win unexpectedly. But even though his win was kind of ridiculous, he was an athlete who trained very hard to get into the race, and he faced many injuries of speed skating and the danger of it. In 1994, he was actually the favorite to win the individual event, but he was taken out in the first round. So although this was an unexpected win, it wasn't undeserved. The final clue that I'll be covering from this category is the $2,000 clue. Roman Sebrel and Ashton Eaton share the Olympic record with exactly 8,893 points in this track and field competition. What is the decathlon? So the decathlon is a two day event. It was originally introduced as a three day event in 1912. It includes the high jump, the 100 meter dash, the running long jump, shot put, high jump, 400 meter dash, 110 meter hurdles, discus throw, pole vault, javelin throw, and finally, a 1,500 meter run. Some famous competitors include Jim Thorpe, Ashton Eaton, and Bruce Jenner, now known as Caitlyn Jenner. So before we go into the final Jeopardy question, I want to say thank you again for listening. If there's something I got wrong in the show, if there's a category you want me to cover, if you have a Jeopardy question that you want to try to stump me with, uh, if you just want to reach out and say hi, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at runthecategory at gmail.com. I also want to shout out the J Archive. It's a great online resource if you want to study for the show, if you just want to learn some more trivia, and I use it to put together and get all the questions for the show. I also want to shout out Zaplot Sounds for the sound design of the show. So, for however much money you want to wager, the final Jeopardy question for this week is... This Buckeye Bullet has the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the Congressional Gold Medal, and four gold medals in track at the 1936 Berlin Olympics, also known as the Nazi Olympics. You'll find out the answer next week. Thank you for listening to the show. I'll see you in the next episode.